This is the EWN Podcast Network. Welcome to Late Boomers, our podcast guide to creating your third act with style, power, and impact. Hi, I'm Kathy Worthington. And I'm Mary Elkins. Join us as we bring you conversations with successful entrepreneurs, entertainers, and people with vision who are making a difference in the world. Everyone has a story, and we'll take you along for the ride on each interview, recounting the journey our guests have taken to get where they are, inspiring you to create your own path to success. Let's get started. I'm Kathy Worthington. Today, our guest on Late Boomers is Rick Gerard, founder and CEO of Stride Search Inc., an engaged search firm. With this company, he helps startup founders achieve the strongest hires to fuel unprecedented company growth. And I'm Mary Elkins. Rick is the author of Healing Career Wounds, which teaches companies to avoid the pitfalls of hiring and offers an effective blueprint for attracting and interviewing the strongest people for your startup company. Welcome, Rick. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for uh, having me, Mary and Kathy. I'm glad you're here. Please tell us a little bit about your background and how you came to be the founder of your own company. Yeah, well, let's see. I actually made a left turn out of art school and fell into business. Um, I decided that the uh, starving artist lifestyle wasn't uh, didn't, mm-hmm. didn't didn't bode well with my my ambition. So mm-hmm. um, I uh, I ended up um, getting kind of recruited to become a technical recruiter in the Silicon Valley, and uh, I sp- spent like a good like. I mean, I still do work in that area. Most of my career has been uh, working with tech founders and tech startups and helping them build really strong organizations. That's great. Yeah, yeah. that's great. Well, talking about startups, why did, why did you choose mainly to work with startups? Because they're fun. Um, big companies are not fun. They're, they're political. And, you know, to me, I, I, I'm a builder, you know, just I, I think in, in my DNA, I love to build things. Even when I was a kid, I used to play like with Legos all the time and, and stuff like that. So um, it just kind of transferred over into my life and, and you know, finding uh, I like things that are really hard and really challenging and, you know, trying to find somebody who's going to work for a small startup that doesn't have very much money um, at, at a really high level is super challenging, but it's also super rewarding and fun. So yeah. that's, that's what drew me and has kept me in it. Yeah. That I'm a little crazy in the head probably too. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and what problems are you usually trying to solve for your entrepreneurs and how did you identify those problems? Well, you know, it, it's been always, the problem is, is trying to find people that can help them grow the company. Um, and it was kind of interesting. I had this aha moment probably about, um, you know, probably about 10 years back where, um, I, I noticed that I was kind of finding really good people. And the problem that I was experiencing was that the people who are interviewing the people I was providing didn't really know how to interview them. And, they were making decisions based on, you know, gut feeling and 
bias and whatever their motives might have been, as opposed to whether or not this person would be good for the business. Mm-hmm. And so I really took it on as being like, like we need to fix this, this, this problem because nobody is fixing it. Like, no, you know, nobody in the corporate world <clears throat> in small companies is ever trained on how to interview people. And if you think about going to an interview, it's kind of like the same as like when you went to get your first job at Burger King and they're like, how many hours can you work and what do you want to make? And can you work Saturdays? And I mean, that's pretty much like what an interview is, just an upgraded version of a Burger King interview, which, <laughs> you know, and so um, that's so that that's when I kind of uh, really started uh, building that into our search practice where we were. Um, we were working with the executives and we were coaching them and teaching them how to run an interview and what questions to ask. And then we kind of kept building upon that. Um, and we developed that into a hiring operating system with which we, we, um, help our clients to install into their companies now. Mm -hmm. Do you you have any examples that you share about how to ask the right questions? Sure. Well, first and foremost, Questions need to be tied to your core values of your company. So if you, you need to have a North Star by which you're evaluating somebody, as opposed to kind of asking random questions that really don't have any relevance on the, va- like the, the value, or I mean, I'm sorry, the values and the culture of the company, right? So today, uh, that's really important to a lot of people, more so than just getting a paycheck, uh, which is, you know, we're in this, we're in this world now where there's a lot of people that are sitting on the sidelines that are not going back to work because th- mm-hmm. they don't want to go back to an office or they don't want like that life that they had prior to COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, so now, um, <clears throat> you know, you got to figure out uh, a, how to connect with them at, at more of a, a value driven level or more at like what's important to them as opposed to what's important to you get somebody in there to push the buttons or, or do the work. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, an example of that question might be something, you know, depending on what your values are, um, I can kind of share with you um, one of my clients. So what you want to do is you want to take those interview questions, you want to tie them to your core values in such a way where you're doing what's called a behavioral interview. If you guys are familiar with that at all, or have you heard? Of I'm not. Okay. Not really. So a behavioral interview is essentially um asking somebody to walk through a past experience they've had in their life, um, either in a work or a personal setting, and then how they actually approached the problem, what steps they took to solve it, and, and really getting deep underneath the hood as to how and why the actions were took the way they were taken the way they were taken so that they were able to complete their project. Right. So when you, when you actually, um, build interview questions that a lot like that extract that data. Now you're, you're interviewing people for essentially evidence as opposed to, you know, feelings and, and, you know, uh, whatever and bias. I mean, like, you know, just, I, I've had so many times, uh, in the past where I've had a CEO who just essentially said, yeah, I want to hire this guy. And I said, why? And he goes, well, he likes the Oakland A's. I like the Oakland A's. Let's hire him. 
<laughs> right, right. Yeah. That might not <laughs> be good long term for business, right? Yeah. No, no. Especially if he takes your season seats and gives yeah. them away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's good if you want to go have a beer with the person, but it's not necessarily good for the business. Yeah. Or if you have a female boss, you don't want to talk about hairdos or jewelry. <laughs> I, I don't talk about hair ever. <laughs> obvious, obvious oh, gee. <laughs> I wanted to ask you what inspired you to write your book, Healing Career Wounds. Yeah, I mean, it's it really came out of um, me trying to solve my problem of when I when I do work with clients and helping them to avoid the pitfalls of of what happens on a daily basis. I mean, most companies don't even have as, as, as good of a, a hiring rate as 50%. So if you can't get it, you know, right 50% of the time, it's, it's not good. And um, when you so, say that 50%, does that mean they only hire 50% of people they interview or that means they let them go or what's yeah, what it means is that 50% of the people they hire don't work out. Oh, yeah. Okay. And we're not even talking about the people that they probably should have hired that they lost. And, you know, the, the, there's a lot of, I think a lot of businesses fail because of people and, you know, people problems or business problems. I mean, business problems are people problems in disguise and essentially, you know, getting the wrong people in, in a company, especially a smaller company is, is death for some companies, mm. you know, a lot of, so I think a lot of investors waste a lot of money in companies that 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 uh, that hire wrong, and so yeah, that's what I wanted to do with the book because I wanted to provide a blueprint in which somebody can plug and play our hiring operating system into their business without having to hire me to do it. It's super. Yeah, yeah that's super. Um, you talked about really the interview process to be strongly connected to corporate values. And you mentioned culture. Can you talk a little bit more about culture? Yeah. Um, so to me, culture is really driven by the CEO and the executives of the company. I mean, they are a direct, like their, their values are what kind of filter down. So, um, and, and, you know, when you, when you hear about people having a toxic work environment, I mean, that almost always goes straight up to the CEO. Hmm. So, yeah, you know, and, and it's okay. Like if, you know, if you have a toxic work environment for some people, some people thrive in that environment. You just have to own who you are as a company. You know, I would love to see a job description where somebody says, Hey, I'm the CEO of this company. I'm kind of an ass. <laughs> but you should come work for me because I pay more, you know? Oh, gee whiz. Yeah. That be, I bet that you be... haven't. I bet you yeah. haven't seen that, right? <laughs> no, I haven't. I'd love to see it. But wouldn't that be refreshing, though? <laughs> It'd be yeah, new I and different. It, it would be new and different, and people might apply just to see how bad he is. <laughs> right? Yeah. And some yeah. people might jump on board with that right away, right? Yeah, exactly. And tell us what Hire OS is and how is your system different than HR and the recruiting systems that are already out there? Okay, great. Um, so Hire OS is a hiring operating system that is very rigidly structured down to like uh, the fact that we actually provide the interview questions to each person who's an interviewer. Oh. Um and it's a methodology that we developed that essentially 
we, we know works when you plug it into your business and you use it properly, it, it's very powerful. Uh, we've got some clients that are running like a 98% success rate in hiring where they're attracting people over two years and they're, they're attracting the best people, you know, at their company and they're, you know, year over year growth is, is like through the roof. It's crazy. Um, so, you know, other HR systems, usually if you think of recruiting, like the whole HR piece and, and attracting people, it's like a funnel, right? So everybody either concentrates at the very top of the funnel, which is how do we get more candidates in? How do we see more people so that we can interview more people and therefore have the increase the likelihood we're going to hire the right person? Mm-hmm. That's kind of an illusion. Um, you only, if you only have one role open, you only need to see one person. So why would you need to interview hundred people? It doesn't, doesn't make sense to me. And that wastes a ton of time, Yeah. especially for, you know, if you want to keep your people productive, there's no reason in the world that you need to have them interviewing 25 people for one role. Mm. I mean, that's super yeah. time consuming. That would yeah. only be if you couldn't find somebody in the first one or two or three, right? Yeah. And there's a tendency for that not to happen because companies think, well, this is the first person we've interviewed. Let's go see more before we make a decision. And then when they go back to that person, that person's already checked out and gone. And you can't do that today at all because people, anybody who's good is getting snatched up like that. Wow. Yeah. People are paying more and, uh, and their companies are offering more benefits. Yeah. Which is the bottom of the funnel piece, right? So benefits uh, are always kind of like icing on the cake to me because it doesn't attract and get somebody in your company like everybody presents it to be. It, it can be a good retention model once you have somebody on board. Um, I have had people say like, I have really great benefits. It's going to be hard for me to walk away from here, right? Uh-huh. But it's not, a, it's not a good strategy for putting money into it to attract people to come to your company. Yeah. Oh, but have- what it- what what are some of the results that an entrepreneur can have by using the HOS hiring system? And can you give an example of a company's success while using it? Yeah. Well, so um, where, where we fill in the funnel is in the middle piece, right? And and the middle of the funnel really doesn't have very much technology other than like ways in which you can track a hiring process. Uh, they're, they're called applicant tracking systems or ATS systems within an organization. So that's, that's the only thing that's there that helps to manage the process. So the way HireOS works is it actually provides this really um, effective structure that uh, drills down to your core values. And then it actually gives you your step-by-step process and how you run your interviews and, um, from your core values, you're building out your job descriptions. So that language is filtered into your job descriptions. And then you're also building out the interview questions so that um, those interview questions are already prepared and they're fed to the people who actually run the interview. And the interview is quite unique. Um, the interview is actually, uh, the interviewer gets four questions. One of them might be what we call a knockout question, which means that if somebody doesn't exemplify that core value at that point you can end the interview and thank them for their time and move on um Mm. and uh and that's it and then we teach the interviewers to dig deeper under the hood to really understand 
the truth about who the person across the desk is and whether or not they're going to really thrive in your environment and be able to provide value to the company as well. Turning the tables here, what kind of questions does someone who's being interviewed need to ask the interviewer about the core values of the company? Yeah, I mean, so the, those that's, you know, usually we leave time for that in each piece of the puzzle. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I would always, as an interviewer, be asking why. You know, mm -hmm. why questions are great. So why do you enjoy working here? Mm -hmm. And then if, if, if I were to start working here, what am I really walking into, right? Because, you know, every company on a job description, they put out this um, sunshine and roses scenario, and it's never that, you know? Yeah. At best, every company is a hot mess, you know? <laughs> yeah. And so, so um, you know, and I, and I think it's important that companies like put that information out there from the get-go too and let people know, hey, look at, here's where we're broken. Here's where we're really great. We're bringing you on to fix the broken, you know? Yeah. And is the HOS system that you have, is it something people consult with you to get or do they buy it from you or what form does it take? Yeah, we've been doing it um, on consulting projects for the past um, few years um, under searches that we do for the companies. But now we're actually rolling it out into a software as a service model and we're just about to launch that. So oh, it's great. going to be fairly reasonable for every company to be able to do it. It's... Um, it's kind of it, it's kind of three components to it where it's a um, it, it's it helps you build all your core values out and really define what who you are as a company. Mm -hmm. Then there's a, a learning management piece of it to really kind of help you along in understanding like the psychology of an interview, which is really important, like what's going on in that person's head and then how to understand it. And then um, finally, um, we're actually in the interview process itself. So we give visibility into what's happening in the interview because we record and transcribe every interview. And um, we're able to kind of really gather a lot of rich data for the company um, hmm. to support whether or not they have enough evidence to make a hiring decision. Hmm. Wow, That's, that sounds like it could be a very successful operation there. Um, it will be. Yeah. Um, uh, on, a, on a lighter note, I think your bio says that you run a school for gifted mutants <laughs> as Professor X. Yeah. So Kathy and I have to ask about that. Yes, we do. Yeah, totally. Yeah, <laughs> what was is that? One, of my, one of my employees wrote that he used to call me Professor X. So like, and he's like, can I write your bio? And I said, yeah, sure. And <laughs> he put it in there and I thought it was great. He's like, cause he used to make fun of me. Cause I'm always in my chair and I'm moving around my office on my chair. And he's like, you're scooting around like professor X. <laughs> but uh -huh. gifted mutants. <laughs> yeah. He was kind of a mutant. <laughs> so those are the people in your company. He's make, kind of making fun of himself in a way. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah. try to have a lot of fun. So yeah. Um, that's great. Well, on that note, um, your bio also says that you're a rebel. Talk about that. I mean, how does a rebel be successful in business? You know, I, I, I'm, I'm not, I, I, I always tell everybody, I'm like, uh, I'm an acquired taste, right? So <laughs> you either like me or you don't, and I'm okay with it. Um, I've had lots of clients that I kind of started to work with that um, we, you know, I, I'm pretty, 
I'm pretty forthright in what's going on. You know, when I have to deliver information, I just kind of, I, here's the deal. Like, this is what it is. Um, mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it could be ego bruising to people, especially when I'm telling them that a, a candidate didn't like them, you know, uh, mm. which, you know, which, which happens. Um, but, but yeah, and I have always looked at uh, what I do as from the perspective of like, I see what everybody else is doing. Let's look over here and see if we can do it better this way. I, I kind of like, uh, yeah, I guess another way it would be like, I, I'm a, I'm a cuter George Costanza, you know, I, I, <laughs> I, I, uh, I try to do the opposite of what everybody else is doing. And I figured out a way to make it successful. And also, I know you have a podcast and a radio show called Higher Power, which yes. I'm going to expel for people because it's H-I-R-E, Higher yes. Power. So tell us a little bit about how that's going and how you got started on that, how it, how it plays out for you. Yeah, totally. Um, so it's not a religious show, obviously. It's about hiring. <laughs> uh -huh. um, I, you know, it's funny because I, I was in a shared workspace and there was a guy who owned a internet radio station called OC Talk Radio. And every time that I would walk past his office to go to the bathroom, he would basically see me and cost me and tell me I have to do a, a show. And I was like, no, I don't. I really, I'm not, that's not me. And I swear to God, he totally coerced me into doing it after about six months. I finally said, okay, I'll do it. Leave me alone. Mm -hmm. And he talked me into doing it. And it was probably the best decision I ever made because it's, this is fun. Like doing podcasts and shows are fun, right? Yeah. You guys get jazzed yeah. on it, don't you? Yeah. 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 And, and it's opened up the doors. I met some fantastic, phenomenal people. You know, the people that I've had on my, on my show have been, you know, really, really strong venture capitalists and entrepreneurs and just people in and around Orange County and the Bay Area and Los Angeles that if I called them, they'd never return my call. But, you know, since I have a podcast, they do. <laughs> they all, yeah, they all have something to share. Yeah. 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 Do you record on Zoom like we are now? No, we actually have a studio um, that we do it out of uh, a place called Sitch Radio, and it's a live video. We broadcast live on LinkedIn Live, and um, mm -hmm. we, we've kind of, we, we've been fortunate enough to attract a couple of really good sponsors. So like our production values um, has gone up a bit, which has been nice. Oh, that's Fantastic. great. That's yeah. great. Um, you've got some pretty amazing hobbies. Um, you compete in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and other sports. Yeah. How do these give you extra power? How do they add power to your life? You know, um, I think without them, I probably would go crazy because uh, the, those, you know, uh, surfing and jujitsu and some of the activities that I do are very, um, they're, they're like my meditation or they're very Zenish in my, in, in a way. Um, I have to, I have to have some sort of physical activity. Otherwise I, yeah, I go crazy. My oh, wife, yeah. wouldn't, my wife wouldn't be able to stand me. <laughs> <laughs> I get that. Yeah. As far as not having that outlet. Yeah. yeah. And then Even I also have this kind of defective personality where like, if I start something, I have to finish it. <laughs> so yeah. I, um, yeah, my, my friend kind of got me into doing jujitsu and uh, that that's turned into about an eight and a half year journey. Oh, 
But now, actually, are there black belts with that as well, like in, yeah, in judo? I, I just got my black belt in May last Whoa, year. Whoa, congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. Congrats. That's great. Thank yeah, because yeah, the only black belt that I have is like from JCPenney. Like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and tell us a little bit about the great mm. resignation that is going on now and the impact it's having. Yeah, it was funny. I, I heard somebody else coin it the Great Reset, and I think it's it's it is definitely more of that. Um, mm -hmm. You know, this has been a long time coming. I mean, people just have fired their bosses in in their environments, and you know, there's there's a couple different elements that have contributed to it that um, that I'm seeing and I'm hearing from people as we do search. Um, you know, there there are people who are kind of sticking around. Um, because they've been there for so long and they're comfortable. But, you know, when you have like all these forced things on people, uh, people are not happy with it, right? So, you know, some of the some of the policies in and around like the COVID thing is like, you don't hear anybody talking about it, but it's actually a big thing for a lot of people. Um, so, um, that that's been one thing that people have gotten used to working remote and they don't want to go back to not working remote and mm -hmm. you know, you can't blame them. I sure um, can't. I think it's yeah. true. It's a great solution. Yeah. And actually I'm finding the hybrid models kind of like what really what's working for a lot of people, you know? Oh, yeah. 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 And yeah. then, you know, and, and then there's been a lot of people that have thought, Hey, look at, I can go do something else and, get more out of my, be more fulfilled in what I'm doing um, at another place. And that's really, that's really like the three big reasons why people are continually leaving. And then I think we're going to see more people that left, took a job and they've kind of been realizing this isn't the really the job they thought they were going to get. And then you're going to have some more of that re rotating through until people find what it is they want. Mm -hmm. Leaving a lot of buildings empty. Yeah. 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 I'm in a, I'm in a uh, shared workspace and it's kind of interesting because we had, um, yeah, our whole fourth floor is empty and like, you know, probably I would say only 40% of this building is occupied. Mm. And I hate to own this building. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. Rick, what would you like our listeners main takeaway to be today? You know, um, the main takeaway should be, I mean, if, if you're running a company, it doesn't matter what kind of business that you're, that you're running. Um, I think it's really important and critical that, you know, you probably know that if you hire the wrong person, it's, it keeps you up at night and uh, it causes problems with your customers and your business. Um, you know, that can all be solved by really just kind of spending some time understanding the values of your company and then just building your interview process around that, building it in such a way so that you understand, you know, not it's not good enough that somebody has the skills that you need and they can work the hours that you need them to. What's good enough is that somebody really resonates and wants to be there and they feel like the value that you're providing them is going to allow them to thrive. And that's that's really what this whole great resignation thing is about. People want mm -hmm. self-fulfillment in their in their work absolutely great yeah. our, our guest today on late boomers has been rick gerard 
founder and CEO of Stride Search Inc. and an engaged search farm. And you can find Rick on his website, stridesearch.com. That's S-T-R-I-D-E-S-C-A-R-C-H. And on LinkedIn, pick up a copy of his book too called Healing Career Wounds. Thank you so much, Rick. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It was great to meet you guys. You too. Yeah, thanks, Rick. And we want to remind our listeners to connect with us by writing to us on our website, lateboomers.biz, B-I-Z, and follow Late Boomers on Instagram, and both of us on Instagram, at I am Kathy Worthington, and at I am Mary Elkins. We hope you have learned something new today. Our hope is to inspire and entertain you. Thanks again. Thank you for joining us on Late Boomers, the podcast that is your guide to creating a third act with style, power, and impact. Please visit our website and get in touch with us at lateboomers.biz. If you would like to listen to or download other episodes of Late Boomers, go to ewnpodcastnetwork.com. This podcast is also available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and most other major podcast sites. We hope you make use of the wisdom you've gained here and that you enjoy a successful third act with your own style, power, and impact. Calling all speakers. E-Women Network has speaking engagements all over North America that must be filled. Are you a gifted messenger, author, expert, or successful entrepreneur that can help women entrepreneurs grow their businesses? Our mission is to help 1 million fulfilled women each achieve $1 million in annual revenue. If you're a speaker that can help women prosper, go to eWomenNetwork.com and sign up as a pro member of our Speakers Network. That's eWomenNetwork.com. Have you ever asked yourself this question? Why is it so hard to make a buck? <laughs> I know I have. Hi, I'm Sandra Yancey, founder and CEO of eWomen Network. What I have discovered after going from the brink of bankruptcy to running a multi-million dollar award-winning business is this. You can't build a million dollar dream hanging around minimum wage mindsets. My mission is one million women entrepreneurs generating one million dollars in annual revenue. So here's what I've done. I've created the mother of all entrepreneur success programs that you can access online on your time. It's called Monetize Me Now. It's a seven module online course that is 100% my success formula, covering mindset, mission, management, motivation, marketing, and measure. Come on, take my hand and I'll show you the way to learn to earn flowing revenue for your business. Visit monetizemenow.com for details. Thanks for listening. This is the EWN Podcast Network.